Good morning on this Wednesday in the 20th week of Ordinary Time. Matthew, like any skilled writer or orator, will often repeat a phrase for emphasis, and he does so today, doesn't he? We're told we have two phrases in this gospel narrative that we've already heard in his, in his gospel so far, and that is the opening statement, the kingdom of God is like. Back in chapter 13, we heard that six times, the kingdom of God is like, and then we're given an analogous example. It's like wheat and weeds together in a field. It's like leaven in the bread. It's like a pearl, a great value discovered in the marketplace. It's like a dragnet through the ocean through which the fish are divided. The kingdom of God is like this. And then today he concludes with, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And yesterday's pericope, yesterday's narrative concluded with the very same statement. So there's purposefulness in this repetition, this use of repetition. Our gospel writers emphasizing that and our Lord and Savior speaking those words is attempting to teach us something. What is it that he's teaching us? Perhaps this, those of you who've had the privilege of raising young children have undoubtedly heard emanating from the back seat of the car, he or she is on my side. He or she is on my side. Now that assumes a couple of things. In the great <clears throat> algorithm of backseat space, it assumes a zero sum, meaning that there's only this much space available. And if one particular child has more of that available space than the other, there is an unfairness playing out. And he or she has violated that law of fairness, and they are now on my determined side, whatever that side is. But children are beautiful in that, aren't they? They have an innate sense of fairness. In fact, uh, it works both ways, doesn't it? Young children on a, on a playground with a little bag that their mom packed them of gummy bears will actually share those with other children very generously. Hey, try some gummy bears. These are really good. But conversely, they will also become very envious of a, one of their siblings who is taking too much time with a particular toy or being carried too long in the park or pushed too long on the swing. These children have an internal calibration that is fascinating to try to study and understand. And our Savior today is giving us a teaching because he just said to us in the previous chapter 19, be like the little children. Be like the children. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these, he tells us. So let's look at how a child sees the world. He or she is on my side and apply that to today's narrative. These laborers come early in the day. It's arguably around 6 a.m., the start of their workday. And they apparently have negotiated a price. A, de a denarii or a denarius was one day's wage for 12 hours of work. They've negotiated that price and the vineyard owner says, agreed, go into the field and begin the work. But the work needs to be done. Those of you familiar with, vi uh, with vineyards and harvesting of grapes, you have a very limited time in which to harvest those, harvest those grapes, particularly if there is a frost on the forecast. Those grapes need to be harvested soon. You have maybe a two-day, three-day period to bring those grapes in. So he's anxious to get the grapes harvested, so he sends his foreman back out into the marketplace, doesn't he? We're told at 9 a.m., at noon, at 3, and at 5, there's an urgency to getting these grapes harvested. So the foreman's constantly recruiting, but the difference between the first work crew at 6 a.m. and the, those hired later in the day is those hired later in the day don't have a contract. Foreman goes out and says, come, come, we can use you in the vineyard, 
But we're told in Matthew's telling, and those he said to those he comes later in the day, you too go out into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. That's an open-ended contract. Whatever is right, I will give you. There's no definition of what that is as opposed to the first crew who have a defined term of hire. And he went out the sixth, the ninth hour and did the same. At the eleventh hour, this is at 5 p.m., he goes out and found others standing and said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? No one has hired us. You too go out. And at the conclusion of the workday, it's now around 6 p.m., those hired first have put in a hard day's labor. Working in a vineyard is hard, it's hot, it's in the sun, it's typically on an incline or a slope. Certainly would have been in, the, in, the, in this area, this region of Israel. And so they're anticipating, given the fact those hired just an hour ago have done perhaps an hour of work at the most, are now paid a full day's wage. So they're anticipating, oh, good for us. We can anticipate something significantly more than that. No. They received the same rate that they had contracted with. And our Lord is trying to tell us that we are called to work in the vineyard, all of us through our baptismal promises and through our mission are sent to work in the field, but we need to move beyond the child's internal calibration of fairness and realize that our Lord's grace is His to give. It's not zero-sum. Unlike space in the backseat of a car, grace is unlimited. There's no perimeter or boundary to the amount of grace. One person's receipt of grace does not diminish the amount of grace available to me. And it's our Lord and Savior, our God, our Heavenly Father, through the work of the Holy Spirit, who gives that grace freely and abundantly. We have no limits to the number of people coming forward to be baptized through our RCAA program, do we? We don't say, well, 35, that's it. No, 36th person, I'm sorry, you'll have to wait till next year. We've run out of grace. There's no more grace in baptism. No such thing. So we have to remind ourselves to, yes, have the mind of the child relative to this, this generosity of being willing to give to another something we value and treasure like gummy bears. We're willing to give that to another so freely, even if we don't know them. It's often the case on playgrounds on the first day of school. Here, have some of this. My mom packed me this wonderful lunch. Here you go. Or dad. I don't mean to assume just mom's packed lunches. But at the same time, not view grace as something limited like space in a car. Grace is unlimited. And our opportunity is to be thankful for all that we have, to walk each day in an attitude of gratitude. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that I'm alive. It's one more day to draw closer to you in my walk of faith. It's one more day to delve into the scriptures. It's one more day, most profoundly as Catholics, to come forward and receive the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. It's one more day to do that. Wouldn't we give one more day? What would we give, rather, for one more day to do that? So as we go forward in life, let's have this hope. Let's think about the child's heart, both their innocence and their naivety. And let's hope that at the end of our life, our Savior turns to our Blessed Mother in Heaven and says, Mom, they're on my side. Amen. <laughs>